Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. The reign of Jehoshaphat had been quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. God has lost a good representative. In most things, Jehoshaphat did the will of God. Judah has certainly lost a great king. For 25 years, Jehoshaphat has led us away from the worship of Baal and Ashtaroth, back to honoring and obeying the Lord God of Israel. Yeah. What's to become of us now that Jehoram sits on the throne? Nothing good, that is almost certain. Why did Jehoshaphat leave the crown to Jehoram? None of his sons would have made a good king, but certainly Jehoram is the worst of the lot. As Jehoram was the eldest son, therefore crown prince and heir to the crown. Jehoshaphat has no choice. I fear for the future of our nation. Captain... You served long and faithfully under Jehoshaphat, my father. And happily, Your Majesty. <laughs> I'm sure of it, Captain. But now he is dead. I am king. Thus you are now captain of my army. Will you obey my commands and be as loyal to me as you were to my father? My loyalty is with him who wears the crown of Judah. 
But will you obey my commands without question, loyally and unhesitatingly? The king's word is law. Good. Then you are on my side? I am, your majesty. Hmm, we'll see. Uh, I'll test your loyalty this very day. My brothers, as you know, were each left large legacies, houses and lands, and silver and gold. I do not trust my brothers. Each would love to wear this crown that I wear by right of birth. I shall make sure they plot not against me to take away my crown. Take now thy sword and the strongest of the palace guards and go against each of my brothers and behead them. Behead also every officer in my court whose loyalty to me can be questioned, even slightly. Make haste and obey. heard, my lord and king, how thy brothers and disloyal officers lost their heads. <laughs> you approve? <laughs> Highly, my darling. They were the weak points of thy rule. Their death strengthened and assured your crown. But there remaineth one more weak point, my lord and master. If thou wilt but correct that, thy reign will be long and prosperous. All right, my wife and queen. What is this one point of weakness? Thy people worship the wrong god. Judah worships the god of Israel. Ah, my dear husband, Baal is my god. And Jehoshaphat, <laughs> thy father, took away the high places of Baal, established by Ahab, my father. Re-establish them. <laughs> you are truly a daughter of Ahab. <laughs> of course, and Baal is my god. Will my lord and husband re-establish his temples and worship? Oh, you will, won't you, my darling? Oh, how can anyone refuse a request made by such a charming queen as thou? And pretty. And pretty? <laughs> And Jehoram walked in the ways of evil, as had the house of Ahab. For he had Ahab's daughter, Athaliah, to wife. And the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabians to war against Jehoram and against Judah. And Judah was conquered and made desolate. My kingdom and my power are gone. What shall I do? All is not lost, Your Majesty. The Philistines did not take thee captive. Thou remainst alive. Still wear the crown of Judah. A mere symbol. A mockery. Things are not quite that bad, Your Majesty. For did not the enemy also leave thee thy youngest son and thy charming wife, Athaliah? And there remained the people of Judah. The people? Ah, no longer do they honor or respect me. Or obey my voice. They will, your majesty, if thou will it, and make it come true. Yes. I will reestablish my power. The people will obey me, for I am their king. But the Lord God of Israel smote King Jehoram with an incurable disease, so that he died. And the people mourned not at his passing. Neither did they bury him in the sepulchre of the kings. For their disrespect and dishonor of him was great, because he followed not after the Lord God of Israel to do his commandments or obey his will. 
Ahaziah, the youngest and only remaining son of Jehoram, reigned in his stead. Your majesty, thou art my son, and knowest full well that thy crown and thy well-being have first place in my heart. But I am king. This be true, your majesty, to thy honor and my delight. Yet, O king, thou surely dost realize that I am wise and experienced in the ways of kings and courts and the ruling of people. Am I not the daughter of Ahab? Did I not witness how he became powerful and honorable and of great wealth? Was I not the daughter-in-law of Jehoshaphat? Did I not try to correct the mistakes of King Jehoram, my husband? And now you, my youngest son, sit upon the throne of Judah. I beg of thee, my lord and son, listen to my counsel and take heed thereto. The Lord was displeased with King Ahaziah, for he walked in the wicked ways of the house of Ahab at the council of Athaliah. And after one year, Ahaziah died, for he had done evil in the sight of the Lord. My son is dead, and you and I, we grow feeble with age. Wisdom and discretion come with age, your royal highness. We have both lived close to royalty since the days of King Ahab, my father. And we have both been loyal, at, at least outwardly, to the one who occupied the throne. Thy wisdom, your royal highness, is exceeded only by thy beauty. <laughs> thy eyes grow dim with age and thy words meaningless. Nonetheless, I seek thy counsel. Who is to occupy the throne of Judah since the death of my son, Ahaziah? There are the royal princes, thy grandsons, surely not one of them. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> Who then is to rule Judah? Uh, you, your royal highness. <laughs> but I'm not in line to rule Judah. But you would be a wise and beautiful queen if... If Ahaziah, thy son, had had no sons... <laughs> Wilt thou then see to it immediately that I have no grandsons? Happily, your... <laughs> your Majesty. Also, while you're about it, see to it that all the royal line of David is killed. None shall remain but me. Surely then shall I have the legal right and blessing of Judah to rule over Judah. dress the baby. Hurry. Yes, princess. The queen mother has ordered all of royal blood to be killed. We must save little Joash. Hide him. What a horrible and wicked thing to do. Begging the princess pardon, but... I know she is the queen mother, yet it is a horrible thing to do. It's murder. Mass murder. She would do anything to gain power and the crown of Judah for herself. Is Joash ready? Almost. Where are we going to hide him? In a perfectly safe place. A place where the king is never permitted to go. The inner court of the temple and the chambers of the high priest. You will remain there as nurse to little Joash. My husband, the high priest Jehoiada, is against Athaliah's ruthless attempt to gain power in the crown. Come on, let's hurry! So baby Joash was hidden in the high priest's quarters until he was seven years old. During that time, Athaliah ruled Judah with an iron hand, ruthlessly leading the people into sin and idolatry. 
During those seven years, High Priest Jehoiada slowly but surely gained influence and power, and with many officers, judges, princes, and the people. At a given signal, all those who wished to return to the worship of the true God arose and proclaimed the seven-year-old Joash king and set the crown of Judah upon his head. Upon the authority and wish of God, I pronounce Joash, son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and place upon his head this crown. continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. What are you doing? I'm building a tower. What's it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're heading for that drugstore across the street. Yes, that's what I do every day after school. You should know that. But you always buy a candy bar there. That's right. Why? Because I like candy bars, especially the ones with nuts. But those aren't good for you. They have lots of calories and nothing to keep you from getting sick. Want one? Sam, I'm trying to make a point here. By going to that drugstore every day after school, you have formed an unhealthy habit. Hmm, I do want to be healthy. Well, going there isn't going to help you very much, is it? What should I do? Make a new habit. Like what? Well, do you see Mr. Habib's fruit market over there by the bank? Mr. Habib is a great guy. He can whistle two notes at the same time. How about after school you go there instead of the drugstore? Mr. Habib doesn't sell candy bars. But he does sell apples, pears, and mangoes. They're sweet, delicious, and filled with things that will make you healthy. That way you can still buy an after-school snack. But your new habit won't rot your teeth and make you as fat as my Uncle Sidney. What if I get hungry for a candy bar? Then you eat an apple instead. Pretty soon, your brain will think, I'm hungry, I want an apple. Okay, let's go see Mr. Habib. He's from Lebanon, you know. Do you think all people from Lebanon can whistle two notes at the same time? We can ask him. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Ms. Kathy, I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Have you ever been asked to be in a wedding? Maybe someone wanted you to be a junior bridesmaid or an usher. Maybe they wanted you to light the candles or spread flower petals. If you have, you know how crazy the wedding planning and rehearsals can be. That's what Maria finds out in this shoebox kid's mystery. This time, Maria has a real problem. She's excited about being in her aunt's wedding, but everything is going wrong. Should she refuse to be a junior bridesmaid? Can you figure out what happened to Maria's missing dress before she does? Chapter 8. The Mysterious Stranger 
Chris doesn't look very guilty, Maria thought, as she and Jenny entered the sanctuary where some more people were getting ready for the wedding. Chris was standing beside Sammy as they watched Sammy's Uncle Locke set up his camera equipment. Elder Jansen and his wife were making sure all the candles and flowers were in the right position up front. When Mrs. Jansen saw Maria, she waved and came down the aisle. Hi, Maria. I'm glad you stopped in before the wedding. We had to change where you will be standing during the ceremony, so let me show you the piece of tape that you need to stand on. Maria followed as Mrs. Jansen talked. Now when you walk up, you will want to make a sharper turn when you pass the first pew, right about here. We had to move everyone back about ten inches. Maria studied her position. She stepped on the tape and made sure she knew exactly which way to stand. Is this right? Mrs. Jansen nodded and smiled. Yes, you shouldn't have any problem. I will if I can't find my dress, Maria thought. Is that all, she asked, looking up. She suddenly caught her breath and pointed. Who's that? she almost shouted. Mrs. Jansen looked toward the doors. Who is who? she asked Maria. I don't see anyone. Didn't you see him, Jenny? Jenny looked toward the doors, too. I wasn't looking, Maria. It was the same guy I told you about earlier, the guy with the baby in the diaper bag. Can I go now, Mrs. Jansen? Maria asked. Are you sure you'll remember what you are supposed to do? Maria nodded and quickly walked over to Chris and Sammy. Jenny was right behind her. I have to get dressed right away for the wedding, Chris, so I need to get my dress back. Chris got a puzzled look on his face. So? I don't know where your dress is. You took it to play a trick on me, Maria insisted, but it's not funny. Chris shrugged. But I've been with Sammy since I got here. You can even ask Sammy. Chris has been with me, all right, Sammy said, and I've been with my uncle. Maria crossed her arms and made an oomph sound. How come I don't believe you, Chris? She thought back to the trick with the car door last night and all the other things he did to tease her. You're always doing something to try and be funny. Chris shrugged again. But I didn't take your dress. I haven't even seen it since you brought it in from the car. Are you sure it's missing? We've looked everywhere, Jenny said. No one in the multipurpose room remembers seeing it. Chris narrowed his eyes as if he were thinking hard. It sounds like a mystery to me. Maria threw up her hands. It is a mystery. Unfortunately, I don't have all day to solve it. Whipping around, she started to walk out. Now what will I do, she wondered. But just as quickly as she thought it, she seemed to have an answer. I know. I'll pray. She stopped just before leaving the sanctuary and bowed her head. Dear Jesus, I know I was selfish, and I didn't want to wear the dress in the first place, but I know that I should also do what I promised. Please help me find the dress soon enough that I can be in the wedding. Amen. Maria didn't realize she was being followed until she stopped in the lobby. What are you guys doing? she asked Chris and Sammy. We thought we would help you find your dress, Chris said. It made me feel bad when you didn't believe me. I really am sorry for playing that trick on you last night with the car door, too. Maria took a deep breath. Thanks. We have a better chance of finding it now that there are four of us searching. Come on, let's go. There you are, Maria, a woman's voice said. Maria's heart sank. She looked at the long, beautiful pink dress. Then she looked at the person wearing it. Molly was one of the bridesmaids. Hi, Molly. It's not time to start yet, is it? Pretty soon, Angie wanted to see you before the wedding started. Maria was getting really worried. She didn't know where the dress was, and now Angie wanted to see her. What if Angie asks if I'm ready, Maria thought. I can't tell her the dress is lost. Maria couldn't believe how beautiful her aunt looked when she went into the room where Angie was getting ready for the wedding. There seemed to be so much happiness in the room. She quietly stood out of the way until Angie saw her. Oh, Maria, I'm glad I got to see you before the ceremony started, Angie said when she saw her. 
You look beautiful, Angie, Maria said as she admired Angie's white gown. Thank you, Maria. I hoped I would get to see you in your dress, too. Maria cleared her throat. How could she tell Angie that she didn't know where her dress was? But Angie began talking again. I'm sorry your dress is short and not long like it was supposed to be. I must have placed the order wrong. I know how much you were looking forward to wearing a long dress. Maria smiled. My dress is beautiful, too. Angie glanced at her watch. The wedding will be starting pretty soon. Did you see many people out there, Maria? Did you see Ben? Does he look handsome? I've got to tell Angie I can't find my dress. Maria suddenly realized she was tapping her foot like she always did when she got nervous. Lots of people are coming, she answered. I saw Ben once. He looked nervous. He's handsome. I don't know where my dress is. Maria blurted it all out so fast she wasn't exactly sure what she said. You don't know where your dress is, Angie asked. I'm sorry. Somebody must have taken it. I set it down on a table in the multipurpose room, and then it just disappeared. Angie didn't get mad or upset or anything. She simply knelt down in front of Maria and asked if she had a plan. Well, Maria started, Chris and his friend Sammy and my friend Jenny are trying to find it right now, but it's almost too late. I think I can hold up the wedding a little while if it is necessary, Angie suggested with a grin. After all, I'm the bride. It's my wedding. But won't everyone get upset, Maria asked. Angie looked straight into Maria's eyes. I don't think anyone will be as upset as I would be if you weren't able to take part in my wedding. The first time I saw you, when you were just a baby, I wanted you to have a part in my wedding. I don't think a few more minutes will make much difference. Thank you, Angie. Maria gave her a huge hug. I love you. Maria hurried out and found Chris and Sammy and Jenny. Angie said she'll wait until we find my dress, but we have to hurry. Sammy cleared his throat. Um, was the man with the baby wearing a gray suit? Yeah, I think so, Maria said. Why? Do you know where he is? Is that him? The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 6, The Wedding Dress Disaster, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net